Blog Talk Radio. travel. My name is Lisa Iannucci, and not only am I the founder and host of this podcast, I'm also the author of On Location, the film and TV lover's travel guide, which comes out in just a few days. I'm so excited. I want to thank ff2media.com for the terrific article on me. You can check it out there. And check out filmthreat.com after this Sunday, the 26th, for an excerpt of the book. And you're going to love this, especially if you're a fan of The Walking Dead. Let's give a shout-out to this week's Real Travel sponsor, Greg Antonell and his company, Mickey Travels, LLC. Mickey Travels is an authorized Disney vacation planner and one of a select few travel agencies in the world to be designated by Disney destinations with platinum earmarked status. That sounds so cool. They are nationally recognized as a leader in planning magical Disney vacations and have been voted best travel agency by multiple newspapers and magazines throughout the country. Their services are always 100% free. Visit their website at mickeytravels.com or find them on Twitter at Mickey Travels. So before I get to today's interview, I want to let fans of Friday the 13th franchise know that there's an opportunity to tour the campgrounds where the film was made at Camp No B. Bosco. It's a still active Boy Scouts camp located in Hardwick, New Jersey. The campgrounds are typically off-limits, but every once in a while, they offer fans this opportunity, and in April, there's going to be another Friday the 13th, so in addition to touring the campgrounds, they're having an auction for a -a once-in-a-lifetime overnight experience on, of course, Friday the 13th and into Friday the 14th, uh, Saturday the 14th. Adrian King will be on hand, and she's best known for her role as Alice Hardy. If you want information on this amazing opportunity, visit www.crystallaketours.com slash tour slash VIP. So they have a lottery process going on, so you have to check out the times and the days that you're going to want to go take a tour and sign up for that particular lottery. There's a whole bunch of details you need to know, so check the website as soon as possible. This is bound to be popular, so get out there and do it now. On to this episode's interview, and i got to say it's quite different than talking about Friday the 13th. This week we're talking about John Wayne's birthplace and museum in Winterset, Iowa. I didn't watch a lot of Westerns when I was growing up, but my stepfather did, so there was always something in the house going on with John Wayne and Westerns, and they're just so much fun, and I know a lot of fans out there love John Wayne. And you can't talk about Westerns without talking about John Wayne. I knew him from his comedy appearances on I Love Lucy and the Carol Burnett show. Uh, So I knew the comedic side of him. But if you're a fan of the Duke, and I promise you I will not embarrass myself by doing an impression of John Wayne, you're welcome. Then you're going to want to visit Winterset, Iowa, where he was born and raised. Today's interview is with Brian Downs of the John Wayne Birthplace Museum 
And it's interesting to find out that Brian actually had a very special connection to John Wayne. So I hope you enjoy the interview. On today's episode of Real Travels, we are talking about John Wayne and Westerns. And we are going back to his birthplace, the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum in Winterset, Iowa. And I have Brian Downs on the phone with me from the museum to talk all about John and his career and what the museum has. So welcome, Brian, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lisa. This is fun. I think so, too. And, you know, I have to ask you a question. I mean, you know, the the Westerns, you know, there's not that many, obviously. People are, there's some that are being done in movies, but not the way that they used to be. Do people still have an interest in Westerns now like they did back then? They do when they're exposed to them. That's the whole problem, the exposure and, uh, and the stories. It's a fantastic vehicle to tell a story, a Western, a man against the elements of family and, and bravery and um, endurance. Those are timeless uh, timeless attributes. And uh, it all depends on the last really, truly great Western, I think, was Lonesome Dub, which is in our reasonably modern times in this, um, and it was it was a huge hit. So as I say, it all depends on the writing, the acting. Um, you have to relate to the characters, and that's, that's the key. And you said exposure, and like you said, we don't have as much exposure now as we as we did before. So do you get a lot of people when they come to the museum that are just like an older group or, who were used to the, the to the Westerns and have watched them before, or do you get a new generation of people who want to be exposed to, to the Westerns and, and learn all about John Wayne? Well, prior to the opening of our museum in the, in May of 2015, we had uh, pretty much an older crowd, and we were an elaborate roadside attraction, I have to say. Um, we had the little birthplace house where John Wayne was born, and that tiny home was filled with um, uh, small pieces of memorabilia and lots of photos, photos more than anything else. And people were thrilled. They they treated it like a shrine. But now with the opening of the new museum, it's um, it's pretty much a state-of-the-art facility. It's, it's, it's strong-looking. It's a sturdy-looking building, and it's also... Um, What is it about John Wayne? What is it? Why was he so loved? And and what he ended up being like the epitome of America back in his time. Like, how did that happen? There's no question about that. I um, in 1977, I worked for the Chicago Tribune newspaper, and uh, since I was a boy, I wanted to meet John Wayne, so that was my opportunity. And what I learned from from meeting him, spending the day at his home, I learned what a really a down to earth, common fellow he was. He was intimidating for the first five or ten minutes, and after that, he was, he was old shoe immediately. He was a great listener, and we felt like we knew him because we did. And people asked me, what was he like? I said, well, you know what he was like. You've seen the movies, and it was very much his personality. Why, did you, always, why did you always want to meet him? Uh, because of my age. My boys my age, everybody loved John Lane, as, as they still do when they're when they're exposed to him, but um, no, he was just, he was a role model for so many of us for generations, and uh, it was a little, um, I remember seeing him on the big screen, first time was 1959, and um, I was enchanted right from the start, as, as, are, as are many millions of others. We felt strength, we felt authority there, we felt comfort, protection, all things that, that, that the human needs is what it's all about, and, and he fulfilled that for so many people. 
But like you said, you know, he was a role model, but the ladies liked him too. I mean, he was like this big guy, this, you know, brawny guy, but yet he had this mushy side that you saw in some oh, of these comedy shows. just wanting to go to Hollywood just for a job. I mean, how did he end up being a leading man? You're exactly right. He needed a job. He had a football scholarship at the University of Southern California. He lost his scholarship due to an injury and had to go to work. It was really simple as that. And um, he was surrounded uh, where he lived in um, Glendale, California. There were movie studios all over the place, and he just kind of fell into it. And he started out as a furniture mover, uh, property movers, uh, setting, setting stages for setting up living room furniture for a scene, that, you know, that kind of thing. And, and he was noticed, you know, because he was big and strong and burly and had, a, had an appealing way about him. Wow. And he went on to star in some of the most iconic Western movies around. And, I mean, I'm just going to list a few. Rio Bravo, The Quiet Man, El Dorado, Stagecoach, Fort Apache, The Alamo, and then, of course, there's True Grit. And that's the one he won the Academy Award for. Out of all of those, let's talk just personally. Like, what one was your favorite? My personal favorite, only because you asked me, my personal favorite <laughs> is The Quiet Man because of my great love for Ireland. I think, to me, mm-hmm. it was the ultimate motion picture, period. Not a John Wayne movie, but any movie. Um, but if you want to go to the Westerns, I would have to say True Grit. But there's so many out there still. I'd like, I'd like you to let me have ten, but if I only get those two, I'll take them. <laughs> um, you know, I... I didn't grow up watching westerns. I knew who John Wayne was, but I knew the like comedy side of him. I used to see him on I Love Lucy, and I used to see him on the Lucy Show, and on Carol Burnett, and on the Red Skelton Show. That was the side of him I loved because it was so different from the movies that he was doing. And he had this other com- he had he had a great comedic timing about him. He could laugh at himself, and that's the that's the root of all good comedy is being able to laugh at oneself. Rather than laugh at others, he could laugh at himself and, and um, you know, just, just kind of play play his character to the hills. Mm-hmm. By the way, as much as we're talking about going to the museum, which we're going to get into in just a, a minute about how it all came about and what we can expect to see there, you had talked about, you know, the quiet man, your love of Ireland. There actually is a quiet man museum in Ireland that you can go see. And they do tours of their, they're based on the movie. And so his his connection is international. It's amazing. Oh, no question. No question. The fellow, the people who developed that museum had a little help from myself and them um, years ago because I did some writing for it in my newspaper days. I, I gave them lots of coverage when they opened that museum. And Ireland is a place you can go where you can visit virtually every single exterior scene in that movie and it's barely changed, which is kind of really special for, for movie fans to travel. Have you gone? Have you seen it? Oh, I go there about once a year. Wow, that's awesome. What's your favorite part about it? Um, that it hasn't changed. So much of it hasn't changed. The very, very few of the original people are still there. The people who played extras in the pictures and 
the 90s. There were lots of them. There were dozens of them, but now there's just a handful left. Uh, but it was um, it just just warm and charm and everything you'd expect. Wow, that's it didn't amazing. Disappoint in any sense of the word. That's awesome. So fans, when you're done with this John Wayne Birthplace Museum, you need to go out to Ireland and see the Quiet Man Museum. But let's talk about this one. Tell me, because you said that there was, um, you know, the new museum, but you actually started differently. You had just the house. Tell us a little bit about the history of, of the museum and kind of how it came to be. Well, when John Wayne passed away in 1979, there was a, a sudden intense interest in where he was born. Not so much during his lifetime. It's just kind of a uh, fill in the blank um, kind of situation, you know, born in Winterset, Iowa, and that was about as far as it went. But with his passing, um, some of the old timers in our town remember the family living in this little house on the on Second Street here in Winterset, and it's a very ordinary little place. It's, we believe it's a kit house. There's probably half a dozen homes just like it, uh, built in the 1880s, and um, nothing special. The Morrison family, that was the family name, they were not special people. They were just another little family in, in a small town in Iowa, and they lived all over Iowa, but you can only be born in one place, and that was the significance of it. So in 1982, um, the Chamber of Commerce and um, the John Lane Birthplace Board of Directors decided to develop this site as a, as a place where people could actually visit, and um, you know, we never looked back after that. Now, how do, you, do is there a fee to come in and see and take the tour, and are you open year-round? Yes, we are open year-round. Um, when inclement weather, uh, when it's cold, we, we discourage house tours because it's a, a little bit of a walk in uh, snow and ice, and uh, it's just not a comfortable experience um, to visit the home. But other, that's only for the coldest months of the winter. But um, otherwise, we're open seven days a week. Um, the admission for the to visit the home the museum and um and their small theater is fifteen dollars for adults and uh, fourteen dollars for seniors what can they see when they're there i mean we talked a little bit about what you know they might see in the museum but give, give a little more detail about what they can expect to see well in the museum for instance as soon as you walk in you're going to be overwhelmed to see a very large pontiac station wagon that was john wayne's personal car which he had customized to accommodate his size uh, that's quite a large piece that was um, that's a long-term loan from a contractor in California who purchased it. Um, we have loads and loads of um, movie uh, wardrobe, uh, costumes from some of his most popular pictures. Uh, we have, uh, uh, for instance, we have uh, the, the full costume from the movie Big Jake, uh, costume pieces from um, Real Lobo, um, The Shootist, uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Balance, uh, we have a saddle he wore and used in the Cowboys. Um, we have a military uniform from Green Berets. We have an exhibit on John Wayne's yacht, The Wild Goose. Um, we have a set of uh, quite a few movie mugs on display. These were mugs that John Wayne would present to cast and crew members at the completion of each picture. Um, and recently, uh, recent, back to The Quiet Man, we have the horse cart that was used in that picture that John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara wrote all over the countryside in. Um, that was a gift from Maureen O'Hara, who was here in 2013 and decided she wanted those pieces to be here in our museum. Wow. What did she think about the museum? And, and... Well, there was no museum at that point. Right, sure. All we had was a little house and the statue, and, um, mm -hmm. and she helped dedicate it to do the plans. And um, we had been talking to her for a number of years when she lived in Ireland, and then when... Um, and we got her when she moved to the United States near the end of her life. She came out here and spent four days. And that was a great boost to us. 
do you have any contact with his family now, like, you know, future generations of the family? Have they come by? Do you talk with them? Yes, all of John Wayne's children, all seven of them, have been to our museum. Um, daughter, Aisa Wayne, is on our board of directors. And on John Wayne's 100th birthday in 2007, they presented us with a seven-and-a-half-foot bronze statue of their dad for, for the front of our museum. And it's magnificent. One of the, uh, you'll see it in the picture that we sent you the other day. Actually, I had mentioned this museum in my book, and I made it a selfie alert because what I did was, you know, there were all these awesome statues around the country of, of iconic figures in entertainment that I'm like, you know what, if we're going to do selfies, let's do selfie alerts with statues. And I yes. put it as a selfie alert. So I'm hoping that once the book gets out, you're going to see people out there taking their selfies with John Wayne. <laughs> well, we saw that on your website. I was looking at your website uh, yesterday, and that, that was a great feature. Well, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the birthday celebration for next year. Is this something that you guys do every year, and then what can we expect for next year? Well, we started in uh, 2007 on John Wayne's 100th birthday, and we had a parade. We had Wild West show. We had uh, a great number of Wayne family members came here for the event. It was just a weekend party with movies and dinners and symposiums. and It was a major hit. And then um, everybody was a little tired after that, <laughs> and that's about the time I came along right after right after that event. And um, we we decided that the fans would be disappointed if we didn't continue them. So we started them back up slowly, and now they're getting back to those uh, 2007 levels. Uh, back again with parades and movies and the, the dinner. Um, this year our headliner is going to be uh, Western entertainer um, and cowboy poet Red Stegall television star and radio host and um, he's been an entertainer for 45 years um, he actually knew John Lane and um, the stories and songs that he tells are reminiscent of the Red River era you know the Red River movie and, and any of those great John Lane westerns now the event's going to be held over two days in May May 25th and 26th correct um what can they expect, um, you know, to, to do in the area and, you know, what else is there to do in Winterset, Iowa? Well, Winterset was um, home of, we're in Madison County, Iowa, and that's the home of the famous book, the novel, and the movie, Bridges of Madison County, uh, which was filmed in this area. Um, so people like to come and tour the bridges here. Uh, we have a brand new, we have a brand new 100-year-old movie theater that was just restored. Um, so you can experience um, John Wayne pictures um, in, in the setting as if it was in John Wayne's time. Um, we have a new cloak museum in town, and we just happen to be perhaps the prettiest county in, in the state of Iowa, if, if that's not too bold to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, a small town Americana. We have a, a court, our courthouse is 1876, and the buildings that surround the courthouse are, are not much um, not much newer than that. So it's just it's just a step back in time. It's beautiful. Nice. And how can people find out more about the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum? Your website, Twitter, Facebook? Uh, Facebook. We have a big presence on Facebook, uh, just simply John Wayne Birthplace. And then our website is um, johnwaynebirthplace.museum. That's a uh, unusual distinction, but it's johnwaynebirthplace.museum. And everything up to date is right there. We can update that regularly. Are you guys on Twitter? Uh, we are not. We are not. We've explored that, but it's not happened at this point. 
that's okay. You know, not everybody is, and they still have other ways of getting in touch with you. I think I've liked your uh, page on Facebook, so I can keep up to date with what's going on. And is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about the Birthplace and Museum that maybe I haven't asked about and you want them to know? Well, I think when people would travel to Winterset, Iowa, I wanted to see the place where John Wayne was born. They'd say, yeah, this looks just about right. It looks like a town where John Wayne would have been born. It's just got such an incredible all-American feel to it. And um, it just, uh, people come here from the world over, and it's a slice of America, and they just don't get a lot of places. That's awesome. That's authentic. And that's exactly really all describes John Wayne, like you said, you know, so it's only appropriate that that's the feel you get when you go there. I think that's incredible. And I really hope that all our listeners make that trip out to Winterset and see this museum. And Brian, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me. And maybe when you guys get a little closer to the event in May, we can do this again and talk a little bit more about any more plans that you have going on and definitely keep in touch with me. I'd love to do this again with you. You're very kind, Lisa. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun, too. Thanks so much, Brian. And just in case you guys missed it, the website address is johnwaynebirthplace.museum. It's an interesting website address. So I uh, checked that out. And now we've talked a little bit about John Wayne and Friday the 13th, so why not throw a little kickboxing into the action? This week's Celebrity Minute is with Dimitri Logotetis, who's a director of the latest boxer movies, Kickboxer Retaliation and Kickboxer Vengeance. He's also the man behind the award-winning documentary Champions Forever about Muhammad Ali. I had a chance to interview Dimitri a few weeks ago, and he told me about his exciting film and TV travel moment, which has a special connection to the original Kickboxer movie. This is Dimitri Logosaitis, and uh, my favorite uh, film travel was uh, going to Thailand, and specifically going to Ayutthaya, um, and shooting in the same location where they originally shot the first uh, kickboxer in 1989 with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and that's where we uh, shot the remake, and we went and we shot it in some really significant temples. Um, Ayutthaya is the place uh, that was uh, the original um, capital of Thailand, um, back when it was called Siam. So I think uh, you'd really enjoy it, and it's, a, it's just a beautiful place to visit. What did it mean to you to be there, being that it was in the original movie? Well, I think there's a certain um, magic to Thailand that I never thought I'd get infected with, but uh, I, I never really had um, any reason, you know, I'm European and I, I prefer Europe, so I never really thought about traveling to the East at all, um, because I like to go to the uh, to uh, the Mediterranean. But when I went and worked in Thailand, and then I ended up afterwards going to uh, to Koh Samui, which is an island uh, where I went to vacation, I just had a, uh, a wonderful time, but there's a God, this place is, what, 4,000 years old? You see these temples. You just feel a completely different um, inspiration there. And so I'm addicted to just go back and visit. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go back there in April before uh, I start the next picture and just kind of relax. 
You know, what was great about talking to Dimitri is when he talked about Thailand, it really was not on my places that I want to visit in the world. I mean, and I heard a lot about it, but it was really this, this interview with him where he started getting my wheels turning about Thailand. And then just recently on The Amazing Race, which is a great way of like getting these little snippets of countries that you may not have wanted to go to before and now maybe you want to go to. And they recently had them go to Thailand and it was stunningly beautiful. So Thailand is officially on my bucket list of places that I want to go to. So thanks so much, Dimitri, for doing that. And for those of you who are listening to my podcast, I'd like to give away an autographed copy of my book. Unfortunately, you must live in the United States to get it. But if you tweet to me on Twitter at Virgin Traveler and tell me what your favorite TV or film moment is when you travel, I'll put you in the running for a copy of the book. Now, if you haven't had an opportunity to get out and see anything and you're just starting to get out and travel, which is what the Virgin Traveler is all about, tell me about the place you want to go see. Maybe you're a big Game of Thrones fan. You can't wait to go to Ireland or you can't wait to go to New York City just to see, you know, Central Park for whatever movie it was in. Who knows? Whatever the story is, tell me the name of the movie and why you want to go, and I'll put you in the running for the copy of the book. That's all you have to do is just tweet to me at Virgin Traveler. I don't know when I'm going to end the contest yet, and all you have to do is tweet once. Uh, But give it a shot. Good luck. And if you don't want to wait for a copy of the book, please go pre-order it on Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide on Amazon. Another big thank you to this week's sponsor, Greg Antonell and his company, Mickey Travels, LLC. Check them out at mickeytravels.com. And please, if you can, follow my podcast, whether it's the Blog Talk Radio. I don't know how you found me, but however you did. Follow it on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. Leave me a review, please. Um, I'd love to know more about what you think. And I look forward to bringing you the next edition very shortly. This is Lisa Iannucci of Real Travel. See you next time. And in the meantime, get out and travel. (laughs) 